0: Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We've been trying to get this one set up for a little bit. I feel like we've been going back and forth a little bit. Uh, We have Ray Chris on the podcast today. How's it going today, Ray? Oh, it's
1: good. It's good. It's been a productive day. Happy to be here. Yeah,
0: glad to have you here. Glad we were able to make it. I know we started talking back early September, I want to say it was and mm. just trying to find time that worked for both of us. Um, you know, yeah. it. but I happened to just kind of work out because you got a new album coming out on Friday and it's, you know, it's just it's funny how things just tend to work out.
1: Uh, it is. Well, it might be Friday. I have no idea. <laughs>
2: or this... I,
1: I selected the 7th uh, whenever I submitted the CD Baby, but then now Spotify says the 6th. And I don't know if it's like midnight, like 12 a.m. in the morning or 12 p.m. midnight. It's like what, like an ace in yeah. cards it can be <laughs> yeah. you know played high or low. So I don't know. It's it's this week. It's in a couple of days. I'm really excited.
0: It'll be soon. It'll be within within 24 to 48 hours of the release of the podcast. So, yes. <laughs> I, I I 100% get where you're coming from on that one cuz it's funny. I've you're not the first person to make that statement about spotify Mm. and the release like they'll put their stuff in and then spotify forgets about it and releases it like three days after they've been promoting it (laughs) and the musicians got to go on social, be like i don't know what's happening on spotify but it's here if you want to listen to you know
1: i stress pretty hard about it at first but i've learned along the way like you just gotta let things roll
0: (laughs) yeah i mean especially in this day and age it's like you can sit here and You know, stress about it all you want, but Mm. at the end of the day, you're going through a third-party aggregate, and you're kind of at the mercy of them, so. Yep,
1: definitely. But
0: but I'm really excited to have you on and sit down and chat. We've been talking on the phone, and we had a nice little fun conversation over the weekend trying to figure out what time zone everybody (laughs) was going to be in, so we knew what time we were going to, (laughs) because I forgot that you had mentioned that you're out on the West Coast, and Mm -hmm. then you're going to be on the East Coast, which that's like, i i i know 9 p.m central so however else that works for you you know it's yeah i think on
1: the west coast they're two hours earlier than you and then the east coast is one hour later than you so whenever i put it in my calendar i think i was in california yeah and so it thought i was putting it in I think it's Pacific time. And then whenever I got back over to North Carolina, it said a different time. It said like seven ish or something. And I was texting you like, I don't understand what's happening. And then you were like, wait, what time zone are you in now? And I go, oh, (laughs) it was also really hard (laughs) with um, my job, my uh, software job. I worked um, West coast. Yeah. So I was three hours behind everybody so I was getting up at like six o'clock in the morning to go get on the computer and work yeah and then hitting the open mics at night
0: yeah that that's a long day like <laughs> I, I I sit here because we've got so like just being around the clock as much as I am like we've got musicians that we work with in the UK and they're six hours ahead of us oh, yeah. and then we've also got musicians in Hawaii and they're four hours behind me and then it's just sitting here i'm like all right i have to have like all these world clocks on my phone just Uh, so it's like oh wait can i text this person or can i Mm. message them (laughs) can i expect a response and it's yeah it's wild so but um so you're in north carolina but you're originally from west virginia correct i am yes okay uh, what was it like growing up in uh west virginia
1: uh it was um it was something <laughs> it was beautiful gorgeous scenery um gorgeous landscapes um we didn't really have a lot of money so um uh, growing up poor in west virginia can be a little hard but yeah uh my family it was good and my education and uh, Had a lot of good friends. My mom still lives there and my dad too. So I go back and visit quite frequently. I I got a
0: few friends that live in West Virginia in the uh, mountains there. Uh, They, you know, that seems really cool. I've never been to West Virginia. Um, It's actually kind of funny that this, because as I was kind of preparing for everything, I got a notification that there's a job, that I'm kind of interested in Hazard Kentucky which is right on the border of West Virginia yeah and I asked my dad and he's like oh you could go to West Virginia West Virginia is cool and I'm like I've never been so you know but um no that's cool um so how how does kind of how does music work its way into your life was it something that you started at a young age or did you not find it till you were older how does music kind of work in
1: Sure. Uh, I was kind of raised in it. So my mom sings and, uh, she's probably, she's probably sang all the time that, you know, yeah. I was in her belly. And, uh, I just came out singing. I remember not big enough to wear a t-shirt and I was singing achy breaky heart. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I, um, I used to sing so much around the house. My mom had to create a, my brother would complain cause you know, it wasn't very good. It takes yeah. a long time. Um, my mom made a rule that I could sing on even days, but I could not sing on odd days. That way he was happy and I was happy. Um, And there were certain places I couldn't sing either. Like I couldn't sing at the dinner table. (laughs) Um, Only in some days I could sing in the car. Um, And my dad played guitar. He like fiddled around and sang, um, you know, the Eagles and a few other select artists. And he had, I don't know, 12 or so guitars laying around, um, just old ones and I, oh, old and new. And, uh, I think I was maybe it was high school. Um, I, I picked one up and I was like, Hey, how do you play one of these things? And he showed me, I think GC and D and then he was like, all right, there you go. Now figure out the rest. <laughs> so, so, you know, I got like, um, some guitar chord books and looked up tabs online and started teaching myself how to play guitar
0: nice that's cool that's cool you brought up achy breaky heart i don't know why i want to ask this question did you ever get a chance to listen to the sequel to that song that uh billy ray cyrus did i think it was about 10 years ago
1: no i had no idea
0: it if you're ever you have to be in the mood for like real cheese like real <laughs> cheesiness
1: sure J- just just fairly billy... often for me
0: yeah <laughs> It, just go search uh, Billy Ray Cyrus Achy Breaky Heart sequel, I think it is. I'm not 100% sure how he kind of phrases it, but it's, um, yeah, we'll, we'll just leave it there.
1: <laughs> I, I will, right after this.
0: <laughs> awesome. Oh, no, it's cool that you, you were kind of brought into music naturally through your parents. Um, and the guitar being your first instrument, um, what kind of songs were you playing? Like when you were kind of teaching yourself how to play a guitar, what kind of songs were you playing at that point?
1: Yeah, good question. Uh, I couldn't strum rhythm. I couldn't, mm-hmm. I couldn't get it. So I learned finger picking first. And I think Anna Nalick was one of my first artists that I learned. And, um, if you don't know her, she's, um, does 2 a.m. and I'm still awake writing the song okay. that breathe song. Um, mm-hmm. And Jewel, Fiona Apple, those were a few that I started out with. Dixie That's... Chicks, for sure. <laughs>
0: nice. That's cool. Uh, so from there, uh, do you start writing your own music early on, mm-hmm. or does that kind of come in much later in the process of your like musical journey?
1: Yeah, so I started writing poetry when I was in junior high, mm-hmm. and I kept a journal with... Thoughts and notes and scribbles. It wasn't a typical journal like today did blah, blah, blah. It was like, why do we think this way? Why do we do this or that? Or uh, I'm really perplexed about this thing. Um, but I also did like little, made up little ditties, like songs mm-hmm. in my head um, when I was around that age too. I didn't connect the two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was around the time my mom was like, okay, these little ditties that you're doing are fun, but you can't really make a life or a career out of that. So let's make sure we get you, you know, where you need to go in the right way. So I think I stopped doing that. And um, it was around college that I um, was like, hey, I think I'm gonna try- take a shot at writing a song. And I opened up my journal and I found something that had some meat to it. And I was like, I think I can do something with this. And started started writing songs at that point
0: nice and so uh where were you were you still in west virginia at this point or had you moved to north carolina
1: yeah so i went to college i was actually in pre-farm for two years in charleston west virginia and then i changed my major to graphic design and went to marshall university if you've heard of um we are marshall they did a movie about them and then I worked in Charleston at a web design agency uh, in a garage with like five, six developers. It was a very small thing for a year. And then I just, I think it was, yeah. You know, my brother and I were looking for, we always wanted to move South. Mm. And he was traveling a lot and looking for a place. And he told me about North Carolina and Raleigh and how he loved it. And he's like, the people are great. The quality of life's great. The food's great. You need to come down. So I started looking for a job and um, landed one in about a year and then moved. And I think that was like nine years ago, something like that.
0: Nice. So you're just an all around creative with graphic design, music, poetry. So you've kind of got the uh, trifecta. I guess the only thing would be video production, but.
1: Yeah, I, I've dabbled in animation uh, that I had to in school and that just takes so long. I, I, I really feel for the people that <laughs> that do that stuff because it can take so long to do and it's very frustrating.
0: Yeah, it, it it's a uh, it's definitely a process. I've I've done my fair share of animation and graphic animation and stuff like that. It's it's a process. So
2: yeah,
0: hundred percent agree with you there. Oh, uh, so moving to, uh, you moved down to North Carolina and that's pretty much where you've been since.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I lived in um, let's say uh, Willow Springs with my brother for a little while, and then North Valley, and now I, I'm pretty settled. And well, I was settled in Cary. I have a townhome there. Uh, it's now being rented out, <laughs> so um, I don't really know. <laughs> it was funny. I was calling my insurance, my home insurance, mm-hmm. um, to change my policy because I was going to have short-term rentals. Um, Renters in there, and I was telling them my situation that I want to change it. And he goes, "Okay, where's your primary residence going to be?" And I go, "Oh, I won't have one." And he goes, "You need to have one." And I go, "No, I don't. <laughs> like, don't tell me how to live my life." But really, what he was telling me is like they don't cover that type of. <laughs> um, so I would have to find some. I had to find somebody else to to have a short ter- term. Yeah. owner's insurance policy
0: that's just the the life of adulting i guess like you know just all these things that you aren't oh. expecting so
1: oh yeah you're yeah so right
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, how, how bad did you guys get hit by the uh the hurricane uh ian i think it is
1: uh, i you... was i was over well, in the west coast yeah. um in las vegas um, I think my aunt probably had it the worst and she's in Norfolk, Virginia, so she's more towards the coast. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everybody here in North Carolina was fairly okay. Well, granted, most of my friends are towards the Raleigh area and not mm-hmm. the coast like Wilmington yeah. or Wrightsville, but, um, a lot of trees were down, but I think yeah. that was the, the biggest part of it.
0: Yeah. It's, a uh, it, it was one of those things cause I work in the news business and Texas isn't close to florida but the company that owns us we have a lot of stations in florida so it was like mm-hmm. oh hey all this stuff is going on uh, any support we can get would be greatly appreciated and yeah so that that was a i'm a thousand miles away but it still felt like i was right there
2: mm-hmm. so
0: but um no it's cool and so in north carolina what, what's the the scene kind of like Uh, What's this uh, independent scene like in North Carolina?
1: Well, for Raleigh, uh, uh, it's fantastic. Mm. I don't think I would be as far as I am without the friends that I've made here. Uh, And there are so many suburbs to Raleigh that are just flourishing and they have different cultures. Like, you go a half hour north you got durham you got mm-hmm. chapel hill you got carborough um you got Cary, which i'm in next to raleigh and then if you go further south <laughs> never eat soggy waffles <laughs> um you go south uh, to fuquay Varina. uh yeah it's just you, there's so many groups and pockets of people that and they're all supportive too like mm-hmm. on my tour you know, I've been to some cities that aren't exactly welcoming of new musicians. The competition's hard, really? and oh yeah, and mm-hmm. um, this—it's just you got—you got to prove yourself. You, you have to um, kind of navigate some some energy shifts. But in mm-hmm. in Raleigh, I, I never had to do that. I was always welcomed and always supported. Um, and I, and I was a very shy, backwards, insecure mm-hmm. <laughs> person, so. Uh, if I wouldn't have had that, I don't know if I would have had the gusto or or the right type of head space to have pursued what I decided to pursue.
0: Yeah, for sure. Completely understood. Um, before we jump into the album here and talk about the album a little bit, let's talk about this tour. Because it seems like just kind of going through your social media, you've pretty, been touring pretty heavy this year. <laughs> I, how's that been going for you?
1: Ah, uh, it's good. It's it's overall very productive <laughs> and uh, not something I thought I would ever do. <laughs> and even as I was planning it, I was like, "This is probably crazy," but it just everything aligned so organically, and there were enough signs that I was that I was I was convinced that this was happening. Um, and I just had to like hold on. So I I started planning it in February. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This this album, I was kind of recklessly, I threw myself into it and was kind of, I don't want to say misled because I love the people that I've worked with, but they were overly optimistic and they were like, yeah, we'll just, we'll just go record an album in a month. And I was like, oh yeah, cool. That's, that sounds like I could do that. (laughs) And um, so all of my planning for this album happened very early in the year. And um, some friends were asking me, uh, hey, are you going to tour? And I was like, no, I don't, you know, I have a full-time job. I got to be mm-hmm. here. I don't, I don't really like traveling. Mm-hmm. I don't really know where I would go. And then, um, you know, engineering, the mixing, the album took a lot, a lot of time, you know, mm-hmm. and it was done really well. But, and I, we wanted to make sure that it was done really well, too. So I pushed, ended up pushing my date to April. back in april and i was like oh it'd be really cool if i could like release this right before merle fest which is one of my favorite festivals to go to every year and i was like oh well after that shikori and then after that's rooster walk and i could go see my aunt in between that and if i'm seeing my aunt i might as well see my uncle and i might as well see my friends in florida and i oh i've got this (laughs) friend here And, and it just started lining up where i was like oh what if i like just saw all of my friends all over and family all over the u.s and get to nice. see like get to do this and promote the album and it just so happened that my job was like hey you want a remote option and i said yeah that would be great right now
0: i love the remote
1: <laughs>
2: that's
0: that's funny that's great you know because i was on uh, right before we jumped on here i was on your twitter and your twitter hasn't been updated in a while it hasn't been posted on in a good minute. Yeah. Um, And I saw, like, a flyer for, I think it was from, like, back in March or whatever, and it was, like, a quasi, a poster for a quasi-US tour, and I'm like, wait, what is this? And I just start looking, and it's got, like, very vague dates for, like, after May, it's just got a bunch of very vague dates about, oh, yeah, in, in, like, mid-November, I'll be in Nashville. I'm like, that's the kind of planning I like,
1: (laughs) Yeah, at first I was, you know, I talked to a booking agent, a a friend was gracious enough to pass it. They were like, are you doing this all by yourself? Like, Mm -hmm. do you need somebody? And I was like, I'll talk to somebody. Yeah. And um, I talked, I don't remember his name at this point. It's been months, but I was talking to this booking agent and they were like, yeah, I can help you out with this. And I was like, okay. And also I was thinking about booking my own gigs at that time. And I was like, I've got some contacts. I've been getting lists of places I've been making calls and emails and, uh, and it just all became so stressful and talking with this person too. I was like, okay, well I can't travel during the nine to five. I have to make sure I have Wi Fi. I don't want to be flying here, flying there, going back, going, I want to make sure it's like a consecutive intelligent, like loop or travel. Um, And I might be booking gigs over you. And eventually he was just like, oh, I can't work with this. And I was like, I understand. (laughs) It's fine. Um, And I was talking to my therapist, actually, and I was I had a podcast that I was doing at the time, too, when I was planning all this. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to manage all this. And um, uh, uh, together we came up with the idea that I would just forego gigs and I would just do open mics. That way I wouldn't overcommit myself. I could make sure that my schedule was my schedule, and I could be wherever I needed to be when I wanted to be there. So that took a lot off my back, and um, and it's actually proven to be a lot more fulfilling for me. Mm-hmm. Um, i was I've been talking to a few people that have asked about it, and open mics are a lot safer than gigs for female artists. I don't have to show up to a strange place I don't know with nobody mm-hmm. else there to watch out for me. You know, the yeah. bartender doesn't care. The kitchen, the, the customers, nobody cares. You have to log in all your equipment. You have to set up. You have to be there for three hours, four hours, whatever it is. And then you have to break down and go like pack up by yourself in the dark and travel. It's just, um, at open mics, you've got a host there that cares about yeah. you. You've got other musicians there that care about you. Um, and you don't have to stay for three, four hours. You can leave anytime you want. You're not required mm-hmm. to be there. Yeah. Um, So it's just worked out a lot better. And the networking, I find if I go to a city, I'll just find an open mic. You know, I'll Google a few places, call a list of five or six, find out where to Mm -hmm. go first. If there isn't an open mic, I go to like a live event and I catch the band afterwards. And I'm just like, hey, where's the local scene? Where should I go? Do you know anybody that needs an opening gig or a break gig? Or is there a showcase? So I kind of like fit my way into Mm. stages as I can.
0: Nice, that's cool. And the fact that you're uh, working remote, it like the fact that you're doing majority open mics. It like the not getting paid part of it didn't sting as much, unless open mics have changed in the last five (laughs) years. Because it's been a minute since I've been to an open mic. But
1: no, I don't make any. I I don't make any music or money making music. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Um. But then again, I'm not pursuing that either. Mm -hmm. Um because I do have income, thankfully, from, from another avenue that I also love.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, so you just got off on a nice little stint out on the West Coast. Uh, you, you said Vegas and then California. That was primarily where you were at?
1: Yeah, so I went um, California for a week first to see my friend Megan, and then Phoenix for a week to see my uncle, and then to Las Vegas for a week to see a couple of friends that live there.
0: Man, I wish I wish my job would let me go remote. Just because, and when I was talking to my dad, he was asking me. He's like, "Oh, is like av- after the pandemic was kind of starting to ease, and they were talking. My the company I work for was talking about like plans post pandemic, and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna start letting some people work remote." And I'm like, "Please let it be us. Please let it be us, because I would love to just go." hey, I want to go to the UK for two weeks and go work out of the UK for two weeks. And then, yeah, it didn't happen. So
1: It was a very strange moment um, because I I work for SAS and it's been Mm. privately owned owned by Jim Goodnight for uh, decades, eons. And he was very much, before the pandemic, you all have your own offices with doors, (laughs) not the progressive open space. You have where Mm. you're supposed to be and you're supposed to be there nine to five. Monday through Mm -hmm. Friday, and not even like one work from home day. And then after the pandemic, uh, you know, uh, they came back and they were trying to figure out how to do the mixed ones, Mm -hmm. the mixed schedules. And then also they're going public now, so they want to be more progressive, I'm guessing. They want to make sure they keep good employees and make their employees happy. And so um, my boss was like, Hey, I, you know, I know you probably don't want this cause you live right across the street from campus, but we're offering this remote um, option. And I was like, Oh yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: It'd be cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think I want that. <laughs> I think I, and they were like, you can't have your office on campus anymore. And I was like, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I think, I think, I think future stuff wants this. This is probably yeah. a good way to go. And it's been, it's been strange living it. Um, almost it's, it's, ah, it's almost unreal. You know, I I never thought that I would be able to, so it's a blessing.
0: Yeah. You definitely have the freedom now as like, I mean, I'm sure as long as, uh, like work isn't, you're not missing out on work or missing deadlines or whatever it is. Yeah. They probably don't really care at this point, you know. Just get mm-hmm. your work done, and whatever else you do, you do. That's cool.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. So let's talk about the album because that's dropping Thursday, Friday. We'll, we'll kind of see what Spotify decides it wants to do. <laughs> um. What's the uh, story behind the album? I know you'd mentioned that you were started, not started working on it. Like, but Like it was something that was from earlier in the year that you were it started recording but what's kind of the uh let's just start with uh, what's the story behind the album
1: yeah um so, so i guess to make it a the full scope of the story mm-hmm. last june or july i have a photographer friend robert Davezak. i hope i'm saying his last name right um uh, he, uh, was moving his studio into his apartment. And so he was like, Hey, can you come over and make sure that it's not too cramped? The lighting works. The space is good, everything. And I was like, yeah. So we did a little photo shoot and he got some really great photos. And, um, there was one that was like, it was, it was gorgeous. It was my favorite. It was me in this like old wooden antique looking chair with a hat and it was very moody and, I wanted to post it, but I was like, I can't post this without some content like this. This is like revealing something that's coming like this needs something with it. And I started talking to some of my um, musician friends and mentors. And I was like, I think I think I need to write an album for this. (laughs) I think it's time. And um, so I've had these journals for decades um, of just writing and I've I've been going through a lot of self-healing and uh, you know we all go through our trauma work and we grow and I just wasn't ready to crack any of them open for the longest time. and once once I had that photo, I was I was just in a right space in my life, a right headspace. I had some clarity and I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. So I sat down and just went through them and I it was, it's really hard. I don't remember who I was talking to um, to describe which poems I picked because there are so many. Um, but it's kind of like trying to make a fruit salad. <laughs> and you're like, oh, this looks like that can go with this. And I had um, a a wall next to my desk where I keep my guitar and um, mandolin, which I don't play, <laughs> but it's still pretty. <laughs> um, and I just I just taped all of my poems up in groups of like topic or theme and being like okay that poem or that line and some of them are just like random thoughts or very um, not fully constructed poems right so this goes with that this goes with that and then uh eventually I had like the whole wall covered and I had to figure out which groups I liked and then um, then I would write them out on a on a single page uh with a song structure and add any lyrics in any spaces I needed to and once I had 10 or 12, um, actually while I was doing that, so I, I <laughs> was wanting to go to Saxapahaw because it is a town that reminds me of West Virginia. And I was like, I want to plan a trip to go there. And I was on Airbnb and I came across, you know, things to do in the area On on the app, and I found my friend James Davy a picture of him just randomly um, that offered singer songwriter day and recording, and I texted him really quick, and I was like, "Is this you? Do you do this?" And he goes, "Yeah." And I go, "Do you do it locally though?" And he goes, "Yeah." And I was like, "Do you want to help me record an album?" (laughs) I was like, "I only have like two and a half songs, but I I want to go for ten or twelve, you know, and." Uh, who would listen to that, you know? And he was like very much supportive, like, yeah, let's do that. Let's, let's get that going. Um, so I was like, okay. So I had my like 10, 12 songs written out on, on paper. And I went home for to West Virginia for a couple of weeks. And that's where I kind of sat out in the countryside at my dad's and just put music to them. Uh, and I don't, I'm not a very skilled guitar player i have very limited resources and i think that's also been a hindrance for my songwriting getting into the door just too scared to even try like what do i know yeah. um, but i was just like okay i do this cover song what can i pull from this cover song and, and apply it to like this bridge or this chorus mm-hmm. or i know these sets of chords so how can i use them to like my the best of that i can <laughs> And it, yeah. and it came together and um, James Davey and I got into the studio and recorded stra- scratch tracks and like mm. planned um, places where we wanted like organ and different types of drum sounds. And we just started composing all of this stuff and it just, everything just kept like rolling into it's just kept snowballing there, yeah. and just kept going. <laughs> it's quite magical.
0: Yeah. It's amazing when stuff like that just happens where it's like, you you go in not knowing quite what to expect and thinking it's like a pipe dream for <laughs> this to come together, especially when you go in with two and a half songs and it's mm-hmm. like I want like a full length album, mm-hmm. and then you start the songs start putting themselves together and they start coming together, and then the arrangements work and everything just like you said snowballs into place. It's it's really magical when that happens. It's
1: it was. Oh,
0: um so how how or when when did you officially finish recording the album
1: well that's another good question so um around new year's ish okay. um well it was not that but around new year's ish um james davy and i uh decided to transition into my next phase he had some <laughs> life stuff going on and i again another happenstance ryan massey car came through my feed and i was like oh he does mixing engineering i was like let me reach out to him yeah. and see if he can get me on the books at some point point." and um he was like yeah i can get you in next week
0: <laughs> nice
1: i was like oh my gosh and uh the first first session that we had he sat down and worked on my single that I wanted to get out. He sat down for like six hours straight and, um, yeah, it was very, very skilled engineer. Mm-hmm. And, um, but we got through while we were mixing it and realized there were some things that we could add it, add onto mm-hmm. it. So that happens. Yeah. So we added in, uh, all around the board, some different guitar roofs, some, um, extra drum patterning, some other interesting instruments, um, and pretty, yeah, pretty much all of the vocals we redid too. And that ended, Oh, I don't know if I could even tell you. Ooh, I can. Um, so my, I had a physical CD release party and that was April right before Merle Fest. So end of April, I had like an unmastered physical CD of everything that was recorded and done. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what I brought out on tour with me as we finished up the mastering stuff while I was on the road.
0: It's funny you brought up hard copies because I've been trying to do this thing on Instagram with like the Instagram shorts about, you know, just uh, giving advice to musicians. Hmm. And this week's, I, I call it my weekly top six because I, for some reason I wanted to be different because if you're doing one a week you'd think top seven no i wanted to do top six but sure. this week's top six was uh
1: has a better make... ring to it too
0: yeah uh, it was uh how to make money as a musician and the one i released yesterday was when you record your music print your music don't just release it on spotify have hard mm-hmm. copies so it's kind of funny that you brought that up and you went out on tour with the hard copies and it's like it's what i've been preaching for who knows how long so because um, when you got spotify and you're only making one one thousandth of a cent mm. for every stream
2: mm-hmm. you know
0: so um so the you released this single was the first single skin am i reading this correctly
1: uh the first one was robots don't get high
0: dang it okay that's
1: I'm... okay and then skin was second I'm
0: sitting here looking at Spotify and I'm like, I'm going to just take a shot in the dark. It's a 50, 50 shot. (laughs) And, you know, sometimes I'm on it. Sometimes I'm not. So, um, robots don't get high. Why was that kind of the lead single
1: coming out for the album? I haven't been asked that question yet, which is strange. Um,
0: Was it something about the song? Was it, is it like more of the vibe for the whole album?
1: I think no. it was because it was the song that packed the most punch. Okay. And when uh, when I would sing it acoustic, I sing it differently acoustic now, which is a shame. But when I first wrote it and first started singing it, man, I would like belt that chorus. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I want it to be so big. And like, <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat> and also I love the content in that song. And mm-hmm. I think it really resonated with me at the time too. Um, so I think I wanted to be like, all right, y'all, like, this is me. Like, I'm coming out with some stuff. Like, I want you to see this first and foremost so that, you know, I'm not messing around. Like, Yeah. Yeah.
0: I got you. Good.
1: And then Skin, after that, we were, um, we got a little bit more of the mixing done and, uh, but it still wasn't ready to release. So I was like, I'd do another single. And I wanted a more, because the first half of the album is more like the poppy, robots Mm -hmm. don't get high. But the second part of the album is like a more introspective dreamscape thing. And I was like, I want people to hear like this part of the album too. So, um, and skin was one of the songs I went into everything with. That was the one I wrote in college. So it's been around the longest. So I wanted to show that part of it too.
0: Gotcha. That's really cool. And the reason I kind of asked the question that I did was because it's always interesting to hear musicians reasoning because some people it's oh it's the song that everybody knew or everybody's been asking for or it represents the album to Ooh. a t you know you know it's 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 so for me when i asked that question it's just more trying to get into the mindset of musicians as to why they make the certain decisions that they make so yeah um,
1: i'm glad you said that because i also had external influences for that mm. choice Um, so (laughs) Merle Fest the year before was Mm -hmm. pushed to the fall because of COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had a bunch of friends that went to Merle Fest with me in November and I was sharing, my songs that I had written in West Virginia, uh, just in that aug- that past August. So they were very fresh and new. And I was playing what I thought was going to be my single, the first single, just be my friend, which is actually the first track of the album. But I thought that was going to be my first single. And everybody was like, no, pretty sure it's robots don't get high. And like that just kept being unanimous across the board. So it, it fueled me, um, enough that I was just like, yeah, definitely that one feels way, way more
0: right. Gotcha, gotcha. You keep bringing up Burlesfest, and <laughs> you know it. I, it's one of the biggest regrets I have in my life because back in 2018 we got offered media passes to go cover Burlesfest, ah, and I didn't have the money. I was, li- I was probably the closest because it's in West Virginia, right? From um, in,
1: like, it's in North Carolina. North Wilkes- Carolina Wilkesboro, I think.
0: Okay. Gotcha. I was living in Tallahassee, Florida at the time. And if I was going to go, that would have been the time to go. But it's like just that drive alone. I was like, I don't have the money, don't have the time. So I have to unfortunately turn it down. And it's been one of the biggest regrets of my life so far. But maybe one year we'll get invited back. Yeah,
1: it's a wonderful uh, festival. Uh, Everybody is very nice and welcoming and it's just Mm -hmm. peaceful every time i'm there i just feel like i'm walking on clouds
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: nice that's cool uh so we're roughly 48 hours we'll we'll call it 48 hours from the release of the album on spotify it's it's been out on hard copies for since april though right Mm -hmm. yeah uh what's kind of going through your mind right now as the upcoming digital release is forty-eight hours away.
1: Ah, I can't I cannot wait. I've listened to this album ah enough times you'd think I'd be sick of it and vomiting (laughs) all of all of it. Um I've listened to the CD in my car a whole lot and I've listened to the masters um, you know, to make sure that they're all right. I'm a perfectionist, so like I listen and listen, listen, listen. Um but I can't wait to just like open up my Spotify and listen to my album the masters just took everything up another level. We actually went through one mastering round and we were, I listened to it and I was like, Oh, I think we need to make some tweaks. <laughs> um, cause it just was very, um, in order to make it sound consistent, we had to like drop down some things that I wanted to be a little bit more vibrant. And so, um, uh, I made the decision to go back to mixing and thankfully my mixing engineer Ryan Masikar was gracious enough to have me back and do a little bit of tweaks so we did some remote tweaking um one last session just to bump up some vocals at a few spots and we ran that through mastering and uh it just sounds like velvet and it's it's so robust and it's it's beautiful I, I can't wait
0: Nice. That awesome. That's really cool. I can't wait to hear it on digital or on spotify as well and uh you know just having heard robots don't get high and skin having listened to both of them i know the rest of the album is going to be amazing
1: oh thanks
0: um so kind of moving forward with the rest of the year obviously uh if the twitter schedule is still on par you've, you've still got some uh uh, sh- uh, date or tour dates that you're gonna try and hit, or however you wanna. If you still wanna quantify it as a quasi tour, uh, however you wanna word it. But uh, what's kind of the plan moving forward into twenty twenty three? Are you working on the next project, or you know what's gonna go on? Uh <laughs>
1: um. So the first part of that, yes, Nashville is next. Um, nice. uh but I think I moved it, I definitely moved it up. So, um, once we got through the mastering process, we realized, you know, got to push the release again, you know, to make sure that we're, um, getting things done right. Good. And I was like, okay. And we could have released it while I was out West, but I, I just didn't want to have to juggle everything while mm-hmm. I was, juggling everything so yeah. we planned it for now and whenever I made that d- decision I was like oh, if I'm gonna release it then I need to be in Nashville like right after that mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I was like well if I'm d- doing I can't like do all this touring and then as soon as it streams stop my tour so I was like no yeah. oh, I gotta extend that I guess like, uh, you know another month or so mm-hmm. so I made the loop a little bigger going down to New Orleans coming back up doing Chattanooga Knoxville and then um, going back home to West Virginia. And I'm just going to (laughs) incubate. I'm going to crash on my mom's couch. Well, there's a guest room. (laughs) And just incubate for probably a couple of months. Um, Come back to North Carolina in February just to check in. I got a few appointments. Um, But following that, I don't... (laughs) I've been, I don't know if I want to say because it's so yeah. uh, dreamy and yeah. so crazy. I, I never thought it would be something that I'd be interested in, but over the past month or so, I'd say I've been yeah. really considering hashtag van life
2: uh-huh.
1: <laughs> um, just because I, you know, I've, I've been doing all this traveling now where sometimes I'm traveling every other day and yeah. And I don't have many ties in Carrie. I mean, I have a lot of friends, great friends mm-hmm. in Carrie. Um, but it just doesn't feel like I'm supposed to be like set like doing all of this to just go back to my old way of life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, I'm kind of like dreaming and making plans. Um, to get a van like i've even gone so far to be like okay i'm going to refinance my house to 30 year i'm going to trade in my mercedes i'm like i'm actually making plans for it i've i've found a builder and figured out what van i want (laughs) and i can take my cats like there's a girl on twitter no tiktok that um she has two cats in her van because at first i was like oh i can't do that i have cats i need to like it's my responsibility that these cats are Mm. they're alive yeah and uh, i was like no you know what i bet there's a hashtag van life with cats and so i googled it and sure enough she's on she's on tiktok and she explains like how she trains them how she lives with them how she makes sure that that they're comfy and i was like okay maybe i can do this so yeah
0: it's definitely it that's also definitely a conversation i've had with myself more than once over the last especially like right around when the pandemic hit yeah and i'm just sitting here i'm like after like the first year because i was in quote unquote lockdown like we worked remote at my job for two years Mm -hmm. uh, from the after the pandemic hit and i was sitting i was like what am i doing i need to and i've had the same conversation with myself about finding a way to go and become a nomad like, I've always said, anytime I talk to anybody, I'm like, I'm very nomadic by nature. Like, I love getting in my car and just driving. And then, like, I'll find a rest area, jump in the back seat, take a couple hour nap, and then I'll just keep driving, you know?
2: Okay. And, like,
0: that None of that stuff bothers me. Like, whereas, like, <laughs> my mother, she hated the idea of when I moved out here to Texas from Tallahassee, she came with me and when i told her i was like oh yeah i think we're gonna just pull into this rest area and sleep she was like wait we're gonna do what now
2: uh-huh. i'm like
0: it's not that big of a deal uh-huh. so yeah it was a, it was an interesting experience but
1: well now, uh, now i feel like we have to stay in touch with each other for even longer like i have to know if if you do this or i have to be well, a support for you to do this if that's what you it, want
0: it's definitely something like i i'm trying to get a job situation that's more remote so i can you know get away with it but once i get like the big hurdle right now is the job getting the job remote like i could sell everything i own and condense it down into my my sportage that i have and live out of my sportage it's not that big of a deal so yeah i've definitely had that conversation with myself so
1: well we'll see if it actually pans out for me or not who knows
0: it's a long ways uh, away completely understood um so with all that being said things are looking good things are exciting on your end um you know i'm really glad that you this is technically this is your debut album coming out right or that's been out in hard form but now it's getting released digitally yeah Awesome. That's got it. That's just exciting all around.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh I uh, am still in shock pretty much that this nice. is happening. Even though I've been here in my body doing it the whole time I'm still kind of in shock.
0: I feel that. I feel that. What's one thing that before we kind of jump into the mo- the more randomness part of the podcast mm-hmm. um what's something that you took away from this whole experience of writing the album Mm. recording promoting you know all the things that a lot of people don't think of what's something you took away from the whole process
1: uh to stop living in fear which is like a lot easier said than done and I still struggle with it of course but each time I hit that roadblock now and this past year I've deliberately decided no i made this decision for myself when i started this so i have to keep going like there's no i i have no room for that right now (laughs) i'm just i'm going i'm gonna see this through and um and stop holding myself back and uh, i mean it's the name of the album it's it's liberating um Mm -hmm. and i i do feel much i feel like a weight's been lifted and i'm able to be freer and who I want to be and what I want to represent.
0: So I don't want to keep you too much longer because you're out on the East Coast there and it's an hour later than it is here. Um, so outside of music, when you need to escape, what are some of the things that you do to escape the just to kind of reset yourself?
1: Uh, Wim Hof, breathing techniques and meditation. Those are my main nice. go-to's. Yeah. I call my mom a lot too. <laughs> nice. she's, pro- she's probably a worried wreck. I try to give her just enough information where it's not too much that she's too worried, but enough that yeah. she's calm. Um, yeah. but she's a, a great sounding board and she usually has a good support and grounding and <laughs> all of that.
0: Nice. I recently went through a situation with my dad where I, I try and call him like I've, kind of unintentionally trained him that i call him every day and like yesterday i didn't call him he was freaking out oh. he thought i had like died or something yeah and it's like dang it did i spoil you i'm sorry i didn't <laughs> you know there's gonna be those days because yeah it was, that's tough so to like my, up So this has kind of all been a new experience because my mom passed away last year. And so like she was the one that we all kind of talked to and through. Yeah. And it's kind of been a new role for my dad. And it's just like, it's okay if I don't call. Like if it comes on like two or three days where I'm not calling, yeah, maybe reach out. But, you know, one day I think we'll be all right. Yeah but yeah, I I don't want to keep you too much longer. Um, if anybody wants to check out, uh, your music, the upcoming Mm -hmm. release, interact with you on social, Mm -hmm. any of that fun stuff, uh, where's the uh, best place for them to find you?
1: Yeah. On all the streaming platforms, Ray, Chris, R a E space, C H R I S S. Um, all socials, except for, as you mentioned, Twitter is kind of a, a little bit deserted (laughs) from me. Um, yeah, and uh, it'll be sh- the album will be streaming by the end of this week. Awesome, awesome.
0: Yeah, uh, hopefully everybody listening will go check it out. And before we wrap this up, I'm going to ask you our random question of the day. Okay. If you had to choose a local celebrity from your hometown to run for president, who would it be?
1: Ooh, Maverick Rose, 100%.
0: Who is that?
1: <laughs> um, he's one of my biggest uh, music uh, mentors, uh, mm-hmm. he hosts an open mic in uh, Holly Springs at Niche mm-hmm. Wine Lounge. And he he does a lot more than that. That's just how it's kind of like my home base. So uh, he does a lot of uh, it's a cover band and mm-hmm. uh, gigs like almost every night. And he's just a wonderful, magical person. N- nothing nothing ever foul comes out of his his soul um beautiful person so i would totally support him running
0: (laughs) awesome that's cool i dig it I, i love the local celebrity stories or you know the local icons those are always fun
1: yeah check him out he's a great musician and entertainer
0: awesome i definitely will after we jump off here so um but once again thank you so much for hanging out with us this has been a good month in the making, and I'm excited, glad that we got it in the works, and can't wait to have you back on, as uh, as the the year goes on, and uh, you know, as you kind of figure out what your next step is as far as releasing music, tour, shows, you know, all yeah. that fun stuff. Um, Would but love to. Really appreciate you, Ray, Chris, being on here. Uh, thank you, everybody for tuning in. If you want to support Live and Amplified, LiveandAmplified.net is our website. Uh, That's where you can get all our socials, uh, YouTube videos, podcasts, you know, all the fun stuff that we're doing. Uh, We are going to be in New Braunfels on October 13th through the 16th. We'll be at Inner Jam down by the river. It is a songwriters music festival that is uh, put on by a good buddy of mine, uh, Dustin Brown. It'll be a lot of Texas artists, Texas songwriters, and he's bringing in some pretty cool acts for that. And then we will also be at Dripping Springs uh, Music Festival, which is October 15th. So I'm kind of pulling double duty. I may regret it, may not. We'll kind of figure that one out. But um, really excited. We got a lot of cool podcasts coming your way. And uh, we will see you all on Thursday with another amazing podcast. See you all later.
2: Bye. Awesome. Cool.